0: What is going on, everybody? Uh, Ben is not here for reasons, but I am, and so is Tug. Even though here. you're From not in a different in the location. location, yeah. So you look dark and mysterious.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I almost like this mic setup better though, because I don't have to reach for it, it's just kind of sitting right where it needs to.
0: Yeah, you are short There's enough. Just- that is a concern, okay. okay.
1: <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going to go with that, and I was scared.
0: <laughs> there were several ways. I took it in the...
1: Correct way. Uh, we'll go with the correct way.
0: The safe for work direction. So, that's good.
1: A, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's f- a first, first. here on the BDT podcast.
0: <clears throat> if you are here watching this with us live, first Thank of all, you. greatly appreciate it. Uh, second of all, that means you're like us and don't give a damn for the whole sport of basketball because we love football instead. Hold on. Hold on.
1: <laughs> there is something that needs to be said, though. How did Arizona lose to Princeton? Like, I mean, I could see the path looking at it, but, like, for it to actually happen, I know a two-seed goes down every year, but did not have it pegged as Princeton or uh, as as uh, Arizona.
0: Well, you don't do a whole lot of pegging, so
1: it's... That's good. That's uh, approved.
0: <laughs> I actually... And there it I is. Have, We're back I have
1: off. A, Stay for work edition.
0: I actually have a bracket where I pick both Furman and Princeton. Uh, on Vorcao, I do too. Annabba. It's my all-upsets bracket. I think I also messed up West Virginia, Maryland, and... One other one. I think I picked Illinois. Yeah. Who gives a shit?
1: We're You're talking still about
0: the brackets, man. I know, and I don't care, and I want to talk about these draft prospects instead. So let's do All that, right. please.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, who are we this week? <laughs> Notre Dame.
0: Uh, not just Notre Dame. The conference that Notre Dame is technically a part of, even though they refuse to accept that they are a part of it, uh, which is ACC. <laughs> yep. Checks. <laughs> Uh, they play, what is the agreement exactly? It's either five or six. I think it's five
1: we, ACC we want to play games near, a year. We want to play almost a full conference schedule, but not really a full conference okay. schedule. Yeah.
0: Well, right. We have too many protected rivalries outside of the ACC. We just would like to not. <sighs> <laughs> Notre Dame gets away with a lot simply because they've been around so long and good for so long, but. They haven't been good in a long time as well, and so it's time to change things. It's the official stance of the BDT podcast. Yeah, I can get on with this. <laughs> um. So yeah, we're including Notre Dame in the ACC conference preview for draft prospects. If you also haven't the- been joining us this whole time, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, also the ACC needed help with prospects on their sh- on their
0: show, so this works out factually accurate. Uh, if, If you have not been following us, the way we're doing these draft prospects this year, we're not going like top 10 by position or anything. We're just talking about all the guys who are probably in that draftable range going conference by conference. So we've done the SEC and the Big Ten already. You can go find those at all those links scrolling across the bottom of the screen. They weren't last time, but they are now.
1: You really refuse to read the links, though. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy this pain for you now.
0: And uh, this week will be the ACC. <laughs> Next week will be the Big 12 and Pac-12 combined, yet another two conferences that needed some help getting enough prospects to make a show out of. Valid. Uh, once we get through the Power 5 conferences, we will do another mock draft. Now, why are we not doing another mock draft right now? Fair question. Most people put out mock drafts like once a week. Uh, Well, if you haven't been keeping up with the NFL, first of all, weird that you're watching this show. Appreciate it, but weird. (laughs) Second of all, you will have noticed uh, free agency is happening kind of like right now.
1: So a lot of things are getting
0: cleared up. A lot of things are getting cleared up. And by the time we get done with next week with finishing out the Power 5 conferences, the week after that, most big names will have been settled, and we will know a whole lot more heading into next mock draft. So it should be some good stuff for you. Like, we still don't know how many first-round picks the Packers are going to have. That's still up in the air right now. We do know how many first-round picks the Dolphins are going to have, though. It's a big, fat zero, Thank you, Mr. Ross. Appreci- I don't think
1: we're going to have a pick in the first two days now because we just traded a third-round pick for Jalen Ramsey.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. So we're not even going uh, to do any mock picks for the Dolphins this year because we're not going past the third round at all uh, for the most part. Until later. I don't think we are ever this I season. Thought we were, I
1: thought we were going to do a full, <laughs> basically a no. day three mock at the end.
0: Uh, I don't think so. We'll see, no. I guess. All right, fair
1: enough.
0: <laughs> Either way, today's ACC prospects. Uh, again, we kind of go through these offense, then defense, then special teams. Most of these guys, the reason they're on this list, they got invites to the NFL Combine. There is yep. one exception this week. Uh, we'll talk about him when we get to him. But other than that, these are guys who have we've seen work out. We've seen are fully entrenched in the process and probably at least going to a team. Probably going to end up on a team somewhere if not drafted one of the priority UDFA types. So let's go ahead and get started with the offense. Unfortunately, no reprieve from the madness this week. Every
1: Uh, slide has (laughs) a. A conglomeration of like at least two if not three teams. It's
0: wild. I think it's the best thing for the world to heal right now. We need to really reach across the aisle, come together, work out our differences, and put Boston College, Clemson, and Louisville on the same slide. That's what needs to happen for the good of humanity.
1: All right, If you say so. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna get a start here with probably one of the lower end draft picks on this on this slide here. Malik Cunningham. We're just gonna come out the gate, talk about Louisville's quarterback. Uh extremely athletic, but his throwing is still questionable. Unfortunately, his athleticism, which would have been sh- a shining medal like just a shining star last year, gets overshadowed this year by Anthony Richardson. Uh man, I don't know for, if he helped I don't know if he helped himself if he hurt himself. I just it's hard for me to see even with as valued as quarterback's are, it's hard for me to see him going before day 3.
0: If you have watched any Louisville football in the past really 2 years now, it has become painfully obvious every game that he is probably the least consistent quarterback of all time. <laughs> He puts some drives together that are something else. I mean, this guy, when he is on, he can throw very well. And I bet there will be a team who falls in love with that and believes that they have the coaching staff to work with it and figure it out. But, man, when he is off, it is bad, and Louisville is bad as a result. And you'll see a lot of Louisville players on the defense here and maybe wonder why they're so far, like, second to last place in their division in the ACC. Um, Malik Cunningham was actually a big part of the reason why. Just that pure inconsistency. If he could even get to where he is consistently average of his best days and worst days, I could see that being a day three draft pick. I mean, he is talented, and he is athletic. There are some real issues (laughs) in his game, though, that will scare off most teams. Yep.
1: Nope, I I agree completely. Like I said, I I can't see him getting drafted ahead of day three, and even that, he might be falling into that priority UDFA category we were just talking about.
0: Staying with Louisville, I guess, Tyon Evans is in a similar boat to me. I really don't see him going before day three. End of day three is most likely. UDFA possible as well. Uh, the real talent on Louisville this year has been on the defensive side of the ball, and we will see them again shortly. For that reason, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I,
1: nothing, nothing significant for me looking at Tyon Evans that really sticks out that says, "Hey, you know, I, I am the back of the future for insert whatever team that you want to think of." Um, even his his times and his scores at the combine just weren't. Fantastic. A four five two for a running back isn't great. Thirty and a half inch vertical, you know, it's okay. He does have that short, powerful runner, but I, I just I haven't seen him do that, you know, hitting the linebacker first, effectively. I haven't seen that consistently enough from him to go, you know what, he's worth an earlier pick.
0: And I'll be honest with you, a big part of Louisville's issues for the last couple of seasons have been the offensive line. And so that's of course going to hurt a running back no matter who you are, no matter what your talent level's at. I I still don't have a whole lot of faith in Tyon Evans personally. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um go ahead and jump to Boston College here because there's only one offensive player. And there's that only is one player Zay for
1: Flowers. Boston College.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's more accurate, yes. Uh yeah. Zay Flowers. I can understand being a bit polarizing because a lot of the a lot of the time he was at Boston College the production just felt off. Right? It wasn't not everything seemed to line up. You're kind but, of getting told that he's one of the most talented receivers in the country and yet he sometimes he's hurt more than you would expect and sometimes he's not producing what we do what you would expect and He stayed at Boston College all four years, even though he had opportunities to transfer out. That can either be seen as a positive or a negative. Just the kind of the the stories around him have been a little bit harder to always see Zay Flowers as a first-round player. To me, the athleticism, the traits are all there. I could even see Zay Flowers being the first receiver off the board
1: that that's amazing. And I will say a lot of the negatives that you were just highlighting, a lot of that could have been, I know Boston college has had Phil Yurkovich as their starting quarterback for a while now, but in theory, (laughs) but no. And that's exactly the point I'm getting at is he's even had issues with availability and being ready to play. So it's Zay flowers has had a lot of changes at quarterback, despite having one true starting quarterback, uh, it's it, it's just tough. It's tough to evaluate him. I will say, for a slot receiver, I would have liked to seen a little more speed, um, especially at that 5'9 height. But that is just one day. It's one combine. It's not the end all be all. He's got potential to move up yeah. the board. And yeah. Yeah, and I think, will I say too, his fine.
0: play speed, his play speed is a lot faster than that forty time. E- exactly. Honestly, watching him, watching him play football, he's probably. He's he's one of the top three fastest receivers in this class, no question. I don't know how you would rank him because I don't. Boston College didn't play Tennessee, or uh, (laughs) you know when they weren't on the field at the same time as each other when they played North Carolina. uh, Zay Flowers and Josh Downs, I'm talking about. So one of those three guys is probably the fastest receiver in this class. It could be any of them, and I don't. Yeah, this combine score doesn't exactly reflect that, but it's. I would not be at all surprised if there's a team that comes into the first round saying, We need speed at receiver. Who is the best combination of traits at receiver? Who offers us the most speed? That answer should be Zay Flowers.
1: And again, it's a small measurement, but at the wide receiver position, it's kind of important. Nine and a quarter inches really on the receiver side is a smaller hand. He's a smaller build. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But that is going to be something that a lot of scouts look at and go, like you said, hey, we need speed, but can I get the same speed with what they're going to assume based on hand size is a more reliable catcher. Even though I don't think Zay Flowers has ever, ha- ever had issues with drops, it's just a concern moving to the NFL size ball.
0: And there are plenty of reasons, a lot of the things you're bringing up, and some of the things I brought up initially that I can understand people having yeah. concerns with. Yep. I could definitely see Zay Flowers being a day two pick, maybe even late day two, right? Yep. He has, there's a lot of range here, depending on what you're looking for. But I could, again, I could definitely see, for me personally, <laughs> I would take him pretty dang high. Um, which is the opposite of Joseph and Gata?
1: Yep. No, I'm not. I really don't want to touch that one if I don't have to. <laughs> I'm
0: not going to lie. Enough, uh, look, he's a big receiver, but he's, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't stack up to the top end of this class. And there is a very deep top end of this receiver class this year. No. So, and,
1: and, and that's exactly it. And like, this one very well could be, like you said, he's a big bodied receiver. A lot of what yeah. my question marks with him could be, could come from the issues that Clemson had at quarterback. Um, Whereas one made it work most of the time, Clemson's offense as a whole this year, I think, was not good. Um, I had been the biggest DJ hater, as you guys called me, even a Dabo hater, because I still don't think he's that good of a coach. Um, all you season. were a
0: Dabo hater more than a DJ hater, honestly.
1: Look, all I'm saying is when you are down big at halftime, <laughs> you put in your second string and you win that game. Maybe you stick with the second string. We decided not to if we were Clemson. We stuck with DJ Uyungalole, and I have issues with that. And I think it it hurt it hurt Joseph Ngata because DJ just was not the answer out there.
0: You know who made it work and looked good anyway is Davis Allen. Uh tight are you end sure he's has... not from BYU? I am very confident, okay.
1: yes. Okay, I trust you. I just, it's <laughs> a very BYU name.
0: It is. No, Davis Allen, to me, is the either middle or bottom of the second tier of tight ends in this, in this class. The issue for Davis Allen is that top tier of tight ends. Again, kind of what I was just saying with receivers, this is a very deep class at it, it, top tier of those pass catchers
1: this is a this is a year to need pass catchers in the draft if you need pass catchers like
0: whether that's tight end Which, or wide receiver you know a lot of people are questioning that Darren Waller trade right this is this seems like a logical place to talk about it uh, Darren Waller really worked out incredibly well for the previous regime in Vegas yeah. uh he didn't do that well this year so if McDaniels doesn't want to use Darren Waller the same way, well then, this is a great draft class to go out and find a tight end that better fits your scheme. Yep. And, you know, Davis Allen isn't going to be a... Uh, probably going to be a day three tight end.
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: But I expect he could still work out very well if he gets in the right situation, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. Uh, the other guy on this slide, Jordan McFadden, did line up at tackle for Clemson. His whole career, he will almost assuredly move inside of the next level because of his size. He's only six foot two, uh, but he, he did, did play, play tackle. Three oh three uh, is not exactly tackle weight.
1: No, it's not. It, for moving inside, it's a good weight and it's a good arm length. He can right. keep he can keep the uh, the defender separated from him by almost three feet, uh, thirty four inches, and that's a good solid anchor weight for a guard uh, in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I could see him working out at guard. He just doesn't have a lot of experience in that exact position. Clemson, he's a tackle, Which is and he. Stock. You know, it's great that you were the best lineman for your team and therefore they put you at left tackle. But if your position translating in the NFL isn't left tackle, that could actually hurt you a little bit. Yep. Uh, another guy who's probably a day three selection, but definitely could see him working out on the inside. Um, maybe, you know, either either guard position. I don't know yet. Yep. Depends on what the coach and staff are looking for. Um,
1: Let's go on and push it, yeah. Oh, Miami God. North is... Carolina. Oh, God. All of the colors on this slide hurt my eyes.
0: It's good. It's good for you. <laughs> so let's talk about Will Mallory first, because he's the only Miami player, uh, at least on offense. There's one this, more on defense. Really in this class. <clears throat> Will Mallory is, to me, better. Then Davis Allen, the tight end we just talked about, even though they are very different tight ends, and so it'll probably end up being that like early day three kind of tight end. Will Mallory might sneak into the bottom of day two. Uh he is a very talented tight end, but very different style. He's also a
1: smaller tight end. Like it's right. weird to say that a dude at six foot four, two four uh two thirty-nine is a small dude, but for the tight end position he is smaller. He's not gonna be your blocking type tight end.
0: Uh, oh, right. Davis Allen's six six almost two fifty.
1: Yeah. Like so uh, so you're you're looking yeah. at this Will Mallory <laughs> might be your more of a believe it or not two point stance type tight end rather than hand right. or old school tight end.
0: Right. Who's the who's that pass catching tight end the Dolphins had for a while now, a couple of years now? We we still have Mike Esecki. Well, yeah. Isn't he like Mike Kosicki's size? That would be the kind of role.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: So, that that would make a lot of sense to me. And I don't expect Will Mallory will be asked to do all that much run blocking. (laughs) I would not assume. We'll see. Uh, Then we have the tale of two receivers here. Josh Downs, a guy that I just mentioned in the Zay Flowers conversation. He is one of the fastest receivers in his class. Game speed wise, I don't really don't know what he ran at the combine. The ACC uh, as a whole ran
1: like trash at the combine. Yeah, four
0: four eight doesn't look good for my no. what I'm trying to say. But Josh no. Downs is is a really fast deep threat, great deep threat receiver, uh, which again could be the kind of thing that you're looking for. And depending on what you need at receiver, Josh Downs could be one of those guys you look over, even a. You know, a, a bigger body guy. Like everyone's kind of assumed Quentin Johnson is going to be one of the top two, three receivers off the board. There's a very real scenario where say, Flowers and Josh Downs both end up being taken yeah. before Quentin Johnson, just because of positional need and what what exactly you're looking for. So, yes, Josh Downs is smaller, he's, five nine, he's, he's, again nine and a quarter hands.
1: I'm I'm less concerned about the five nine and more concerned about the one seventy one. Uh which yeah, is that's fair. Wh- which is tough because you want to put them on. Honestly, Zay Flowers, 182, that's gonna be about your best mix for speed and and weight at, at five foot nine. But even adding on ten pounds, you don't know what that's gonna do with their speed because it does have an effect, whether people want to admit it or not. Um so that's my concern, especially like you said, as that deep threat outside, that's going to be part of my concern. And then my his vertical almost makes up for his five foot nine frame. He's almost just under forty feet on the uh, forty inches, uh, thirty nine and a half inches on the vertical. That's that's a five foot nine player that plays six foot four.
0: Definitely, uh, Antoine Green, of course, being the the other wide receiver here unfortunately. Uh, ran bigger, faster. Bigger. Ran mm. faster with the combine, weirdly enough. Smaller hands. Really didn't play faster. I think it was because of the way the offense was called, though. Maybe Antoine Green can really work his way into a, a really solid role where he is a combination of speed and route running. But he he was more of the medium guy for yeah. North Carolina than Josh Downs was. So interesting to see where he ends up. I really don't expect him taken before like the fifth sixth round. I was gonna uh, say
1: at best late day two, but I'm I'm expecting mid day three for him.
0: Yeah, uh, it's kind of the same with Haseem Richards, solid guard, not. The top end of the guards, really honestly, this is a weaker class for interior offensive line outside of a couple of centers that will kind of get overdrafted simply because of the lack of depth yep. of that position. Um, guards, yeah, uh, they're, I can name you like one off the top of my head that should go high. So bad year for interior offensive line in the draft, I guess.
1: Yeah, and and as c Richards grades out at least physically a lot similar to uh oh god, what was his name from Jordan McFadden. Okay. Right. Uh so yeah. six foot four, three oh uh three oh nine. Again, similar length at 34 inches. Yes, so he's got that's that true. good weight, good length. Uh, that you're looking for in that guard, I just, like you're saying, I don't necessarily see him going much before day three. Um, and you also got to realize, too, that these builds that we're talking about for guards are more pass-protecting guards and not so much the pull, get-to-the-outside
0: type guards. Definitely. Yeah, that's kind of what you end up with at day three is your anchor guards. So. Yep.
1: <laughs> Coach, what do you want me to do? Stay right there and keep people away from my quarterback.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we did throw Notre Dame in this ACC, but they only gave us two offensive prospects to work with. Come on, Thank Notre God. Dame, step up, your, step up your game. Yeah, but but, but they're
1: Notre well, Dame's yeah. – it, it, they're the prospects Notre Dame is known for.
0: That is true. Uh, an offensive lineman and an honorary offensive lineman. That's, <laughs> that's all Notre Dame's good at. But <laughs> <laughs> Their center this year, Jarrett Patterson, has been – people have expected a lot out of him for the past couple of years. Honestly, hasn't lived up to that hype. He will be drafted, though. He is a pretty good center. He doesn't stack up with the Big Ten centers this year, though. Uh, no. Day three, IOL again. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. Michael Mayer, on the other hand, uh, potential for the first tight end off the board. And potential that selection is a lot higher than people want to admit right now. Uh, there is, There's a real possibility Michael Mayer ends up being a top 15 pick in this year's draft. There is also a very real possibility that he goes in like the third round because other tight ends end up getting graded higher for specific individual reasons. So kind of what I talked about with tackles, I've done this with a couple of positions now, but there really are a few different things you would look for in a particular prospect. Michael Mayer is that good combination of a little bit of everything you want your tight ends to do. Yep. Then you have your pass-catching tight ends. Then you have your blocking tight ends. How do you grade those out? What exactly are you looking for for your team needs? That will influence where Michael Mayer ends up getting taken. As overall tight end, yeah, he's probably the best overall tight end we've seen in a while. And, Honestly, and Kyle it, Pitts doesn't stack up to him as an overall tight end. But well, that, for specific needs.
1: yeah. Right. I was going to say, because Kyle Pitts is a true pass-catching tight end, right. right? The the issue you're running into here is, or what he's going to run into, is teams that need a pass-catching tight end for their scheme will grade out pure pass-catchers higher than, than him. Teams that need pure blockers will draft pure blockers over him. His benefit is, he is that, like you said, he's that nice combination of both. The issue is, that means he's not exceedingly, like, Not mind-blowing it either. He's still great at both, but he's not that top-tier of pass-catching tight end.
0: And it's also very possible that he ends up grading out as like a first, second-round talent at each of those things, and just the combination of everything propels him to be the top tight end off the board. I I do see that as very plausible still. Um, It just... Tight end's one of those really weird positions... Well, there's a couple of very different things you could ask your tight end to do that'll definitely change what you're drafting. So, <laughs> uh, on to the Pittsburgh Panthers on this slide. We do have Carter Warren, our big dude in the trenches here. Uh, one of those left tackles, again, who I'm not really sure if he will end up being a left tackle in the league. Though he does have the height for it this time, at almost six foot six, uh, three eleven is questionable. He would need to—I don't know—that's like on the edge of good for tackle. But if we could get him up to like three twenty-five, I'd be much more enthusiastic. Boldly. Um. So yes. right now, no, a, a three offensive line prospect needs some work, but. Could turn into something, and it definitely helped that running game. Kind of what we've we've talked about several times. The running back yeah. is only as good as his offensive line, to an extent. Uh, but Israel Abanikanda has been great for Pitt past couple of years. Uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to go down this rabbit hole. I I do this all the time. Uh, I love running backs, so. He's great to me, but he'd probably be like a day three guy.
1: I was going to say, where does he... So, again, you like running backs. This is another yeah. solid top tier and then break-off tier. How does he grade out against the other running backs in this year group?
0: Yeah, he's one of those second-tier guys. We have a couple of those in this ACC day here. Um, He's... He's got a great combination at 5'10", 2'16". I like that. Uh,
1: he's got potential. I know. No no real combine workouts. So we're going to have to wait to see how he does at his pro day, though.
0: I know that he's really not that fast. He's not a home run running back. But I really don't care most of the time, personally. It's valid. <laughs> But, I guess, to be most fair uh in prospect grading that should hurt his draft stock if he's only a single use case running back, he might end up being a great third down back, but how highly are you really gonna draft a third round back you know yeah it, exactly. <laughs> so so we'll see what his value really comes out to be uh most likely a late day three guy. And hey, that's what you're looking
1: at. There is guys that have the potential to make a roster.
0: No shame being taken a third round or a third, no, none at all. Hey, you still (laughs) got
1: selected. That's what matters.
0: Exactly. Three more schools here in the ACC. Another one of those tier two running backs on this board too. Uh, Sean Sean Tucker is a very polarizing running back prospect. Uh, I think because he does almost everything you would ask for from a running back prospect, but almost none of it grades out to a <laughs> first-round type of player. Like, he's pretty good at most things, which historically, weirdly enough, really hasn't worked out for guys coming to the NFL. You almost need to be great at something. Find your niche. I don't know what Sean Tucker's niche is. and that will probably hurt him in the long run. He is a good running back, though, and he was very fun to watch at Syracuse. Man, he made the orange actually interesting. <laughs> it's <was> good. <laughs>
1: like you said, he he does a lot well, um, but he doesn't have, like you said, he didn't have that stick, the thing that sticks out about him. He grades out athletically well, but that tells me that he's got some it's a raw talent type situation with this. It's you've got the
0: athleticism Probably. there. You just need to brush up on the skills. Probably. And yet again, a running back paired with his left tackle, Matthew Bergeron, is one of my favorite day two tackles in this class. I I expect Bergeron to be actually be a very successful tackle prospect here in this class. Um, will be a day two guy. I highly doubt he goes round one. There are just too many tackles above him right now in athleticism, in the height, weight combo you're looking for. Bertrand's very skilled at it. And I would expect that he gets, if he gets in the right situation, of course that could be a caveat for every single one of these guys. If he gets in the right situation, I think he could be a great tackle in the league. Actually. Um, I don't, have a lot of experience uh, scouting tackles, I guess. But you know, what, you know what you're looking for when you see it, but it's hard to put that <laughs> into words. Yeah, yeah. You,
1: you have raw talent; it's just not refined. <laughs>
0: I'm the Sean Tucker of scouting. <laughs> 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 there are worse things. I'll take it. Absolutely. Uh, our our Virginia guy on this slide, Dontavian Wicks. Uh, pretty mid. Not gonna lie.
1: <laughs> like nothing, a six one two oh six. I'm not super excited about that. Four six two. His vertical is what what really sets him apart right here. But I'm not willing to spend a ton of draft capital on on a six foot two guy yeah. being really high. Um, it's. He's he's an outside guy that's going to be a possession catcher. Uh, he's going to go up and get the 50-50 balls, but how often do you really want your quarterback throwing 50-50 balls?
0: The guy I much, much prefer at wide receiver on this slide here, A.T. Perry, uh, who honestly is better for those 50-50 balls too. At least he was in college. A.T. Perry was so awesome at Wake Forest. Uh I'm surprised at how short he came in. I honestly thought he was six four, six five, and he came in at six three and a half. Yep. Even still, the fact that I overshot that is a great sign when you're a wide receiver because yes, yes, <laughs> it means you're playing bigger, bigger than bigger yourself. Than is, yep. Which is awesome. And which is
1: still a really good size for an outside wide receiver. Right.
0: Absolutely. So I. Could see him. I really, right now, there's honestly no hype around him. I don't understand that necessarily. I think he's fantastic. Uh, So I don't see him sneaking into day two. Even he'll probably still be a day three guy. But I think he could be really good.
1: (laughs) I I think he can. Again, we're not hearing it in the media. We also need to understand that a lot of the media conversations you hear, even their mock drafts are influenced by agents. Um, right. So if he doesn't have an agent that is in Mel Brooks's pocket or anything like that, he's not going to get the hype. I'm hoping teams Mel are Brooks. seeing... What I did I, I say?
0: You said no, Mel Brooks. In, Mel Kuiper. <laughs> there it is. There's the that's tug, a, need. That's a very different pocket.
1: <laughs> Either way... <laughs> Either way, yeah, if, you're, if your agent's not in Mel Kuiper's pocket, you're not going to get the get the hype, so you're not getting into day one. But teams will still be scouting you in later day two. I could see him yeah. sneaking into a day two slot.
0: I think he's definitely good enough for that. Uh, Blake Whitehart, on the other hand, I don't see as, honestly, to me, he's not really a draftable tight end simply based on his production and what I have watched of him, the way he is tested so far is better than some of the tight ends I thought would be in that draftable range. So this is one of those cases where he might get drafted off of traits alone. And weirdly enough, that once again has like a 50, 50 hit rate just as much as drafting for a combination of traits and production. So anything's possible with this guy right now but Blake Whiteheart is kind of one of my names to watch. I don't know a whole lot about him as a tight end, but maybe. Coming
1: coming out of Wake Forest, they didn't really like to use their tight ends from what I understand. That's true. That's true. So I'm wondering if if he's being looked at as a blocking tight end with unknown receiving talent because we haven't really seen him. He's got the size of a blocking tight end. 6'4", 247. The dude's going to be strong. But he runs well too. Four seven at two hundred forty seven pounds is is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. So I'll be interested to see how they showcase him at his pro day.
0: Hands coming in at eight and three quarters though. At six four, that's interesting. Yeah, (laughs) baby hands. Maybe it is one of those situations where he's really great at blocking. Maybe he really is, and I just. Maybe he's force enough to know that for sure. Maybe
1: he is so good at blocking if that's actually what it is because his hands are so small they can't actually see him hold.
0: That checks. All right, we'll it. go with it. <laughs> but I think that doesn't for the offense uh, again oh, not as many as the SEC in the Big Ten. Uh, if you have followed the draft in, I don't know, the last two decades. You'll notice the SEC and the Big Ten are by far the most represented. Uh so yeah, some shorter shows here, unfortunately, for ACC, I guess. <laughs> but going on to the defense here, the three-three-five. There are three schools that run a three-three-five. Um, now Notre Dame actually kind of runs a combo. They do three-three-five sometimes and four-two-five some other times. I don't know, I put them here. <laughs> 3 three fives are ugly. I hate them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like them either. But I do like Garrett Williams as a corner. He's not getting a whole lot of hype right now. Going to be a day three type of corner. I kind of like him, though. Maybe, again, that's a Syracuse was fun this year and therefore. But <laughs> <laughs> to some extent, I do think Garrett Williams could turn into a decent, actually a decent corner.
1: It seems they're grading him out of decently on NFL.com. Um, his size is definitely be a little bit more of a concern at five ten, one ninety-two. That's a little bit smaller, but I could see him trying to to roll in at that nickel corner slot.
0: Um, Honestly, not that bad
1: for a corner.
0: <laughs> like it's not good, but there has been worse.
1: I, look, man. We're going to talk about Deuce Vaughn next week, okay? We know there has been worse, yes. But I can still grade <laughs> him based on the average of what's out there. Unfortunately, he didn't give me Garrett Williams didn't uh, partake in any of the off the field workouts, uh, so I, I don't really have much more to grade off of off of that. But the dude's got potential. Um, like I said, my concern would be the size. And running in a four-two-five or a three-three-five, they have a nickel corner all the time. I'm wondering if that's where he's gonna slot in in the NFL.
0: Staying with the defensive backs, I want to jump to Brandon Joseph, who I gotta say may have been a first-round pick if he stayed at Northwestern. Uh, the three-three-five, weird four-two-five, sometimes mix. <laughs> Really didn't work out that well for him. He had kind of a down year.
1: Yep. Nope.
0: Not what he was expecting <laughs> out of transferring to a bigger school.
1: Not what Notre Dame was expecting either. They were hoping to get that same Northwestern safety
0: and well they didn't. So Brandon Joseph has kind of fallen to maybe a day three safety. of it day possible. two, early day three. It is very possible. He ends up being drafted to his old scheme, kind of, and becomes, how in the world did this guy fall so far? Um, it is also possible that maybe Brandon Joseph was just surrounded by bad enough defensive players that his tackling looked good in comparison and is not actually that good by itself at Northwestern. I don't know right now. Yeah. So there's some... There's some legitimate unknowns with Brandon Joseph. Uh, which are it's going to scare some teams. It's kind of scares me too anymore. I, I used to really love Brandon Joseph.
1: Again, a lot That's of it fun. comes down to what they showcase you at at the pro day. Uh I do see a comment here from Ghost Falcon. Uh I haven't looked at those guys specifically yet, at least not in depth. The uh candidates Andre Carter from Army, and I forget who the tight ends Tight end is from Air Force. Uh, at the combine, we will get to them more in depth in a couple weeks. Uh, but yes. the big thing, but the big thing to know is initial impression off the Army uh, Andre Carter's combine was I was not as impressed as I wanted to be.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Andre Carter is probably still going to be a day two guy simply off of production, which is kind of scary because most of the time teams prefer drafting you for traits than for production. What can we work with in order to translate this as opposed to what were you able to do in that specific scheme, that specific environment against those specific teams? Uh, So I don't know. I don't know what to think of Andre Carter right now. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of teams who are interested, but it'll come down to there'll need to be some explaining (laughs) in interviews and maybe maybe a really good regional combine, maybe a really good combo pro day with some other school. Um, Kyle Patterson, tight end out of Air Force. I have no idea why he was invited to the combine in the first place, to be honest with you. I'm um, still impressed
1: that Air Force uses tight ends to do anything but block.
0: Yeah, I don't believe that they do. Oh, I'm okay. still not convinced that they do that, for sure. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at.
1: Well, Sorry, let's get Kyle back to Patterson. our
0: players. Yeah, I wanted to stay with Notre Dame here. Uh, let's go down to Isaiah Fosky, who is a borderline first-round defense event. I like the sound of that. I like borderlines. Okay.
1: I'm saying that because also we've been saying a lot of day three guys for the ACC, and the ACC generally is better at production than that. However, this year has been a down year for the ACC as a whole. So the fact that we're even getting one, and he's from Notre Dame. Um, (laughs) Either way, looking across the board, 6'5 is absolutely massive for an edge rush or somebody coming in as an edge. Uh, 264, Mm -hmm. so he's on that bigger side, sitting more of like a true defensive end in my opinion. But then you see his speed. My man is 6'5", 264, running at you with four five eight speed. Um, yeah, I'm scared. That's somebody that can fit into a three four as a as an edge rusher or a four three as a as a defensive end, and he's going to be scary and productive.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately for him, there have been a couple of risers here on the defensive end side of the class. Yeah. Uh, kind of jumping him in the process. He's in that range with like BJ O'Jalari at LSU, where there is potential. He goes in the first round. Most likely a second round guy at this point. A lot of freaky potential with him, though. Yep. Should be fun to watch. Uh, now, everyone says save the best for last. I saved Isaiah Moore for last, which is the guy I have nothing to talk about with. So yeah. you want to nice. add anything here? <laughs> Give me a sec. Okay. <laughs> like I know he played football this year. That's thing I know about him. <laughs> there
1: he is. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So looking at him, six two two thirty three uh no individual workouts or no off the field workouts for Isaiah Moore um
0: look i don't have much
1: to add without looking at his stats from the season uh running a 335 it's really hard to evaluate linebackers because you don't quite yeah. know how they're being used in a 335 i'm expecting if he's in that mike position to be filling a lot of the center of the field that little gap that Zone coverage he had like good.
0: 90-some tackles last year. so
1: Which is real, especially three, three, five. That's outstanding.
0: So he's going to be a good
1: tackler, and he's probably going to be decent in pass coverage. Uh, but I would need to go and review way more film on Isaiah Moore coming through. Uh, currently, they have him graded out as a special teamer, believe it or not, on NFL.com. So maybe not uh, the best, yeah. but definitely...
0: Definitely somebody to watch for as we go through. That's probably why I had so little to say about him, because it's just a
1: guy who hasn't been on the
0: radar too much. That's fair. Maybe for good reason. Anyway, uh, jumping to the 3-4 teams. Louisville and Pitt were on a 3-4. At least they did last year. We'll see. Going in the future. Uh, One of these teams has a very different coaching staff. But... (laughs) Bunch of guys on this slide here, and honestly, three of my personal favorite defensive line prospects in this entire class on this slide. <laughs> um,
1: All-name all team guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Really, really,
0: really, all three of them are yeah. potential all-namers. Kalijah Kansi is just cool to say. And then <laughs> Habakkuk Baldonado. What is that dude coming out of Rome plays for Pitt, (laughs) born in Italy, playing defensive end for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Love it, that's great. Love it. Um, They are all freaky athletic. All three of those guys on the defensive line. Uh, They're, I really would not be surprised if they are just kind of rotational pass rushers to start off. Let them loose, see what they can disrupt. The run stopping technique and size probably isn't there for any of these guys right now, but that's something you can work on and let them know. loose. I,
1: I like how Yaya Diaby measured in at the combine, six foot. I mean that's three, true.
0: Two sixty three is pretty great.
1: Yeah, with the again with the length that I, I keep talking about um right. that you're looking for and then a four-five-one forty, thirty-seven 37 inch vertical so you're talking about batting the do- ball down at the line he's going to be good at that because he's got the the length to stay away from these linemen and, and then to block the ball or bat the ball i should say yeah uh yeah yeah sits in very much that same range i was just talking about with isaiah Fo- uh Fosky where he is adaptable to a four-three or a three-four, which is absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah, and back to Baldonado is kind of that mid-range size of is he going to play defensive end? Is he going to play outside linebacker? Uh, a lot of potential at defensive end, six-four, know, two hundred and fifty, but he is he's got the athleticism for both. So yep. interesting there. A lot of comparisons for Kalisha Kansi to Aaron Donald simply because of the size and athleticism. I got to be honest with you. They don't play that similar of game at the same time. Pitt obviously has a, has a type when it comes to defensive tackles and they've gotten <laughs> pretty good at finding that kind of a guy. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so Kalisha Kansi is one of the most athletic defensive tackles of the past five years coming into the draft. I mean there's there's no question. That would be the reason you've seen his name come up in the even top half of the first round anymore uh for mock drafts. People are finding out that this dude can flat yeah. out move for a defensive tackle. Well, and sure somebody's running he's at me 6'1", at 280. six one two eighty.
1: But he's two eighty running a four
0: six seven.
1: That's scary. That's a freight train. That's what we call that.
0: So the problem with a Kalijah cansey type of defensive tackle sometimes, not everybody is exactly looking for that out of their defensive tackles. There are plenty of defensive schemes where you don't even want pass rush out of your defensive tackles. You want a guy who can cover up three holes at the same time. Kalijah Kansi is not going to do that for you. Nope. But he is freaky good at what he does and i mean he's just you let him loose he's very fun to watch <laughs> yep
1: well that's that's what it's about too right like and you're right there there's different ways of doing this do you want all four of your pass rushers or all all four of your rushers being pass rushers do you want a pure run stopper like Vince Wilfork was like what are what are you going for here and Again, Aaron Donald is very much a pass rusher from the interior of the line. You can even put him outside the line, and it makes no difference to him. Some teams are looking for that versatility in their defensive line, but there are others that aren't. So, again, right. grading out Kalija Jekansi is
0: going to be team-specific. Gosh, imagine if the Rams find a way to trade up for him and he does end up filling the Aaron Donald God. role in NFL. <laughs> God damn. That'd be... That'd be too fun. Anyway, they don't have a pick in the first three rounds, so good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they do now. They have a third round pick thanks to yeah, John from Rancicay. Miami. Yep. Wow. What they a traded a they traded team, two firsts anyway. for
1: Jalen like a couple years ago, and, and now they just traded a third away.
0: And got Hunter log in the process. Great, yep. great move. <laughs> yep. Uh, The linebackers here, I know a lot more about these linebackers than I do about Isaiah Moore. Sorry, Isaiah Moore. I didn't do my homework, I guess. Yassir Abdullah is one of those guys, he's like, he's pretty good. Uh, 447 is pretty good. It scares me
1: when you when you're you're talking and you break into the is pretty good. That makes me wonder exactly how good they are, because you don't sound like you believe it.
0: <laughs> well, I just I don't see him as a as a uh, he's not very good at pass protection, pass coverage. Okay. Um Maybe he wasn't in exactly the right role for his athleticism and size at Louisville simply because of what Louisville needed at
1: the time. was he an inside linebacker there? Yes, Ooh. yeah, that's not what so I,
0: yeah I think there are better uses for Yasir Abdullah, and I think he could be better than what he sh- he showed at Louisville, but his draft stock will be hurt by what he had to do. I mean, he had to make it work a little, kind of a deal, yep. so probably a day three linebacker, but I really do think his athleticism
1: is better than that. He's going to get drafted based on his athleticism alone. The question is where, and a lot of it's going to depend on what teams think they can do with him.
0: And as for the other linebacker here, Sir Volsia Dennis. I don't even know if the Dennis part is right. Probably like didn't he uh, but <laughs> you can't follow up Servocea with Dennis. That just sounds so dumb. <laughs> what are y'all doing, bit with all these names? Yeah. Anyway, um, he was a really solid middle linebacker. After, like, there are a couple of obvious upper echelon middle linebackers in this class. I think of Drew Sanders, and I think of Jack Campbell. Servocia is probably the third or fourth middle linebacker that I really think of in this class. Uh, I don't see him as a day-two guy still. Right now, based on just like the conversation around him, isn't yeah. there. But there is a lot of potential with him, and... You know, as much as people shit on drafting pure middle linebackers sometimes, they do wonders for your team when they're actually good at their job.
1: It, well, and a lot of concerns going to come out about him weighing in at 226,
0: but I do want to say
1: him adding on another 10, 15, even 20 pounds in one offseason in an NFL weight room is far from outside the question. Um, yeah. That is well within range for him, and that should be mostly muscle at that point, which would alleviate any strength concerns people may have. He's got potential. Uh, he's worth a shot. I'm probably looking like day two. um, Based off production and what he does and what he does well, just focusing on getting him into the right training program to get him to the size that I want him.
0: I expect Brandon Hill to roughly be a day three safety. Even though his athleticism is off the charts. Well,
1: that's where you you get day three safeties though, right? Right. Defensive defensive backs and wide receivers go in day three because they're obscenely athletic and I can throw them on special teams and let them make plays and gain confidence as I'm training them up.
0: Keytrell Clark is borderline day two corner. They're... We've talked about this a couple times already. There's a, a really broad range of talent at the top tier of a couple of positions. Honestly, if we're looking at wide receiver, tight end, and cornerback are the three deepest positions at that first tier of guys in this class. Yep. like By a long shot, that top tier of corners is pretty deep. So Key clark is kind of on the outside looking into that tier. I don't know where that puts him as far as the draftable range. I would expect probably an early day three guy. Still some potential there for sure. And that's something you want to keep an
1: eye on too, especially these
0: talented guys. You miss your number one
1: and you go, you know what? Hey, we're going to wait a little bit and pull the trigger on Key later in the draft and draft another need yeah. right now. That's that's the upside that these later round Tier two guys are are offering is that's how deep some of these positions are this year.
0: The four three defenses, and then we'll what get. What is going before.
1: on with Trenton Simpson?
0: <laughs> you don't like the suit? I actually can, love the suit. I think it's no, awesome.
1: No, I'm just <laughs> confused at what's going on on this entire thing. You have the one guy from Clemson in, well, not the one guy. Sorry, you got. I'm assuming that's... Clemson. I mean,
0: the, the all front seven guys are Clemson, okay. and then you have a Miami corner and a Virginia Tech corner.
1: That why is? Oh my god! Oh, you I know one Miami guy in, in orange. Without e- without <laughs> even the green, like I know collar.
0: You can kind of see the U on the collar oh if you my. look close enough. There is okay, a U. So-
1: So I think I was telling you guys this. I'm going to jump right into it. When I was grading this out, I said that Miles Murphy I think his stats coming through the combine reminded me of Von Miller. And then I looked at his face and he reminds me of Von Miller. I know.
0: I know. I thought that too immediately. I was like, holy cow. So his NFL comparison is Von Miller, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun. Uh, Miles Murphy's yeah, we've we've heard plenty about him by now. He's a round one guy. Uh, same Easy. with Brian Brzee. Brian Brzee is one of those guys where he's fallen a lot. And early in the year, people had him in the top five of the draft. Uh, not going that high anymore. Really, a kind of a down year for him. Most of that can be chalked up to losing his sister midseason. Uh, don't really want to blame him for that. He nope. still has all those traits, and his production was still there at the beginning of the year. So, gonna bet on the talent and say that he's still a first round defensive tackle. Uh, he
1: grades out like it too. Definitely, no doubt. Like six foot five and a half, two ninety eight. He's he's more of that. Those seventeen extra pounds really make him more of that true inside defensive tackle that can plug mm-hmm. a plug a hole or two that you're looking for in a run-stopper, and he's good at that.
0: The odd man out on this Clemson defensive line is K.J. Henry, who kind of a fifth, sixth-round kind of a defensive end. Honestly, the production is the reason the athleticism might be on par, if not maybe even a little bit better than his counterparts. Like K.J. Henry is still very talented
1: he hurt himself athletically at the combine i think i don't think he had a very good day um grades out as the 31st ranked edge in the in the this draft class which i think is hurting him but again this is why i don't like the edge so me personally i don't like the edge versus defensive end distinction yeah, because he's definitely a defensive end exactly and that's yeah yeah. That that changes the grade on his athletic ability significantly, for sure.
0: Um, Trent Simpson is that classic Clemson linebacker who doesn't fit the linebacker mold and may end up playing some safety in the NFL potentially. Uh, even though he is huge for that, I'm role. gonna say
1: he'd be big for a safety. <laughs> Six foot two is good for a safety, but two thirty five, yeah, Boy, cheat.
0: The The freaky thing is he's that good at pass coverage that he could probably realistically do that. Uh, and that was kind of his role at Clemson, that tweener, linebacker role that did mostly pass coverage. So he is another potential first-round guy. That positional value is probably going to hurt him a bit because of where exactly do you play him on the field we've also seen that go very well for guys Jeez. who are a little bit more athletic than this. Um, so, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Trenton Simpson. My man's I've running at, only...
1: you at 4.43 speed at 235.
0: I mean, Ow. right, right. <laughs> right, but what I'm saying <laughs> is uh, because we don't know exactly where yeah. his best fit will be on the field, it can be exactly. hard to it can be hard to find that the right team fit as well, but the team will only the team that drafts him will only do so
1: if they have a specific plan of where they want to play him and how they want to develop him
0: to that position, which honestly the team that does that more often than anybody is the Arizona Cardinals and, uh, they're not picking him at number three overall. So no, he's not we'll that see. <laughs> he might end up being a second round pick, but not because he's not talented enough to be a first rounder. Just yeah. that's it's some weird. Where exactly is his best fit? Okay. Um, these two corners here, kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum for me. Tyreek Stevenson is one of those guys who might find himself in the first round, surprising most people, at the same time. There is some conversation about that, and he is at six foot. It doesn't sound like a big corner, but he plays like a big corner and a physical corner. Uh, And then Shamari Connor on the other side doesn't do that. So (laughs) day three to UDFA for him. Yeah, Day two, potentially, like probably I would put Tyreek Stevenson as maybe one of the last guys in my list of kind of tier one corners in this class. So Tyreek Stevenson grades or, out
1: just looking at him right now as a, like you said, a late day one, early day two, probably in the middle of round two specifically is where you will see him
0: going off the board. Yeah, and there is, depending on how the draft works, we could see that kind of a guy go in the first round very easily. Exactly. There there might be a run on corners, and somebody freaks out and wants to get their guy, and that ends up being Tyreek Stevenson at 20-something.
1: We don't see runs on
0: corners like we see
1: runs on wide receivers. I know you guys hate that I bring that up every year, but it has yet to fail me.
0: I know. I want there to be a run on corners, though. That would be very fun. (laughs) Next up is the first of two slides of the four-two-five uh, positions. Made this difficult, even though there are only three players on this slide. You'll yeah. you'll see in a minute. Uh, Duke and Georgia Tech are on the four-two-five, and there are three prospects between them. One of these guys is probably going to be a first-round pick, uh, or middle of day two, but potentially a first-round pick. And the other two guys are day three selections. Yep. Let me guess.
1: Keon White is our day one pick.
0: Yes. (laughs) What made you come to that conclusion? 6'5",
1: 285, 34-inch length on the arms, massive hands. But also, I don't know, 30 reps on the bench. So not only is he big, he's got the strength to back it up. And running a four-two-five again, here's that edge slash defensive end conversation.
0: Oh, he fits both. A four-two-five? That is not accurate. <laughs> no, they <laughs> run a four-two-five.
1: The teams run a four-two-five defense.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you meant to yeah, say he... no.
1: He does not have a, a <laughs> point score, which is why I ignored it.
0: So <laughs> you were saying he ran a 4-2-5-40. Which... No, I I would
1: be drafting him first overall. <laughs> even, as the Panthers, is well. <laughs> yeah, even as the Panthers don't care, drafting him. Straight
0: up for a 4-2-5 defenseman, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: At six <laughs> five oh. two eighty five,
0: could you imagine? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, and then no, the not... little fact that he has the production to back it up. So he kind of does but really never felt like he put it together at Georgia Tech. i got to be honest. Well, that's because Georgia Tech as a whole could never figure it out. And I think that's most fair. This is one of those guys, he's going to be drafted off of traits more than off of production. But it is, he 100% has exactly the traits that every NFL team would want. Of a defensive end. So there's real potential he goes in the first round. Ah, uh, Charlie Thomas is not on the same level, unfortunately for him. Honestly, like, should more be an outside linebacker yeah. than a defensive end?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say my concern with him is weighing in at two sixteen. He is your edge rusher that you're probably gonna look to drop back to a linebacker, honestly, because he doesn't yeah. have the speed to justify his two sixteen.
0: And Shaka Hayward is from Duke. Right. <laughs> I think
1: that's all we need to say
0: there. <laughs> I mean, there are some good Duke players in the league, but he's not your, he's not a middle linebacker, but that that's probably his best fit in, for the future. Yeah. But and I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how valuable that kind of a draft pick would be for you. If you haven't seen him do what he would be best at and what he'd be best at is a position where you can find replacements relatively easily. Correct. So tough to project that probably a day three guy. If not UDFA. Yeah. <laughs> I said tough to project that and then throw out a projection immediately. <laughs> that's was... how
1: you, that's how you do though, man. You do,
0: <laughs> And you do that well. Last defensive slide here. I'm pretty one sure one anyway. from each school. Yeah. Uh, and the guy in the Virginia jersey is not the Virginia player. This is his official team picture for North Carolina. Got a transfer from UVA, and he is pictured in his UVA jersey, even though he played for North Carolina last year. And Noah Taylor is, uh, it's a North Carolina linebacker. Look, um, if I were he's... him last,
1: year, I was gonna say if I were him last year, I would have looked for a four-three type defense because he is a great build for a middle linebacker. Six-four-two thirty-eight. That's where I expect him to slot in in the NFL. However, we just highlighted the issues with this when he's played a four-two-five
0: linebacker. Or, or if he's fast enough, he could be a great outside linebacker. Imagine an outside linebacker six-foot-four. I mean, that'd be awesome. But I don't know if the four two five makes that really difficult. And so I don't know yeah. where where does he fit exactly, right? Yep. Kinda exactly what you said. And then Anthony Johnson, day three to UDFA corner for me. Yep. Uh and Jamie Robinson day three to UDFA safety. Uh, even though the only Florida State player invited to the Combine is Feels very wrong to me, i got to (laughs) say. That's that's sad. Florida Uh, State's not exactly blue blood status or anything, but man, they're close. That's like a...
1: I I think we will see them back
0: in that range with more players next year. I mean, we need Mike Norvell to step it up. Let's go.
1: He's been doing that.
0: He's been trying. Yeah. (laughs) He'd been he been trying. They ain't there yet.
1: But, but let's get to, let's get to the favorite part of the week: the not people we will draft.
0: Yeah, uh, hey, I don't know what they did to Christopher Dunn's lighting in that picture, but man's looking less pale than every other kicker I've seen. So that's cool, good for him.
1: BT Potter looks
0: like he's got some homework to do. <laughs> and Andre Schmidt was not invited to the combine. Even though, in my he opinion, should, he should have been probably like my second favorite kicker in this entire class. Nice. Um, and he has a name that looks like that. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> I got to say, when I was filling out this slide, you had him as invited to combine. And then the running back for Syracuse was not. And I was like, wait a minute. So I flipped them, thinking that you had, just because they were stacked on top, we chose thinking you missed it. I didn't realize that you just wanted to talk about Andre Schmidt.
0: Well, first of all, you were correct on both accounts. Oh, okay. So that's cool. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and, and I really don't understand what happened to him not getting a combine invite, because that sure feels like that should have been the thing that happened there. Are there any of these guys
1: um, other than... Honestly, are there any of these guys you would spend a seventh-round flyer on, or are they all UDFAs?
0: I don't care enough about kickers to know the answer to that question for these guys, honestly. If I happen to know them, then I would draft them. If I don't happen to know them, then I don't care enough to research them. So the only guy that I really recognize is the guy that didn't get a combine invite, which means I need to step up my... My kicker scouting, I guess. That's what it means. <laughs>
1: Look, if there's a weakness to have, it would be kicker scouting. And just maybe you'll get a job offer from the Buccaneers.
0: I mean... Because they can't scout kickers they, either. They could use a weakness in scouting kickers, honestly. Uh, <laughs> somebody Somebody really overvalues that position right now there. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, that does it for the ACC and Notre Dame because they had Notre to be Dame needs to join a Dame conference. Hell right. <laughs> uh, next week will be the Big 12, Pac-12, 12, and BYU because, once again, Independence kind of had to go somewhere. Um, <laughs> the next week would probably be a bigger show because we're combining so many schools yeah. there. At the same time, we've already hit the big two, SEC and big 10. So this is a – we're getting smaller here, and hopefully we're getting a little bit more conversational. Hopefully we're getting a little bit more in-depth on some guys you will see later in the class as well. Um, You know, we've – by the time we hit next week, we will have seen 90% of the first three rounds. (laughs) So that's kind of how the draft works. Uh, A few guys in the group of five level will get that high selection, but honestly, we know what we're in for. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean, I don't have anything else to add. I think I'm kind of rambling at this point. (laughs) If you want to take over. You could add the links in. I definitely could do that. Go ahead. All you. Thank you for watching, folks. Really appreciate you checking us out. You can do some other places, too, if you feel like it.
1: <laughs> what is your new, like, you used to do that all the time. What is your new hatred of it?
0: It just makes you laugh and drives you crazy at the same time, which That's makes valid. it worthwhile for me.
1: All right, fair enough. All right, everybody. (laughs) Make sure you think BDT football when you're on any social media sites. Patreon.com slash BDT football. Twitter.com slash BDT football. Facebook.com slash BDT football. Instagram.com slash BDT underscore football. BDT football.com. Mailbox at BDT football.com. YouTube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches and our Discord link, along with all the others will be linked in the description below. I did it. Did pretty good. I did pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. All right, man. You got any last parting shots?
0: Um, No punters this week. That's fun. Yeah. Good. Well, they're not people anyway, so. <laughs> Fuck punters.
1: <laughs> Remember when we all get excited about that one coach who never punted, thinking he was going to be good, and then he got lit up for 11 games of the season, and it was really no, just me we all, excited.
0: We all knew he was going to be bad. It was just still fun. Yeah, that was the thing. All <laughs> right,
1: ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Over this that is all the time we have on the show today. And just remember, you can't win a game if you can't win in the trenches.